When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 1871 podcast, and it's our first Friday episode, so you can join us now every Friday and Tuesday, or should I say every Tuesday and Friday from 6.30pm, but you can, of course, choose whenever you want to listen to the shows, and a reminder for you that Royals legend and record-breaking Royal Kevin Bremner is joining us for Tuesday's episode. So we're on episode four already, and we've got a very special guest for you this evening. And he's joining us all the way from Sydney in Australia. And we're very excited to welcome a player who was top scorer for the Royals in all three seasons he was at Reading, including the last time Reading were in the Premier League. So a very warm welcome to the show to Adam LaFondra. Thank you for joining us, Adam. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good, thank you. Um, you know, I can't complain. Obviously, living a great life in, in Sydney at the moment. So, um, you know, albeit the weather's not great at the moment, but yeah, everything else is fantastic. Now, because of the time difference, we, we've actually recorded this in the morning UK time. So it's the evening in Sydney, but that also means it's in the middle of the day in South Africa. So unfortunately, <laughs> that means Dylan can't be with us for this episode as he's with his players preparing for Morocco Swallows' next game. But we do have Royals and Sydney FC fan Johnny Hunt with us, as usual. So, uh, Johnny, um, Huddersfield against Peterborough tomorrow, and then, uh, sorry, tonight, and then tomorrow, Reading are at home to Millwall, and it's Derby against Barnsley. So, obviously, we want to win for Huddersfield tonight. But before we get your thoughts on Reading against Millwall, let's talk a little bit about Derby against Barnsley. So Reading currently six points clear of Barnsley, eight clear of Derby. So do you think a, a draw in that game would be the best result for Reading? Ideally, yeah, um, if the football gods are looking down on us. But I think I'm more concerned, I think, with the Barnsley, to be honest, the run that they're on. You know, they're in good form. Derby, you know, they're under pressure and they've kind of lost a bit of form recently. And I saw the interview of Rooney the other night and, you know, giving out about officials and, you know, pressure's on. I can totally understand. They've done an amazing job so far. But I think, um, yeah, I, 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 draw perfect. 
best result or second best result would be um, a derby win. Now, I would just like to say that um, you might hear some uh, children in the background. Now, one of the reasons for that might be because uh, Adam's got children, although they should be in bed by, by this time. So hopefully they're OK. But one of uh, Johnny's children is not too well. So um, and she's actually joined us on the call now. So hello. How are you? So she's not she's not very well at the moment. So if, if you hear some uh, some gurgling noises, that isn't Johnny. Don't worry. <laughs> John, what what about Reading against Millwall tomorrow? Paul Lynch started with a win at home to Birmingham last week. He's had the players for a full week of training this week. So how are you feeling ahead of tomorrow's game? Uh, it's, it's another six pointer, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think I, there's got to be a win, and I think I'm confident we can do it. To be honest, um, you know, it's a game chance for Ince to lay his mark. And I think, um, you know, we've got, the, we've got the squad, as I've said before, we've got the team to do it. It's just, we need to get, every game's a, sort of, you know, a six-pointer now. We get a win on Saturday, then hopefully we can get on a run. As I was saying before, you know, he hasn't had, really had a chance to train with the team properly. He's had a full week this week. Hopefully you'll see the benefit of that. Hopefully we won't pick any more injuries up. Maybe Adam could pop back and finish the season with us if he doesn't mind. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. We'll talk. Um, yeah, we'll for the best. We'll talk. Talking of Adam, um, you know, it's time for a chat with um, with Adam now. And, and Adam, you've been at Sydney since uh, 2018, and um, I remember you were known at, at Reading as Alfie. But I'm I'm guessing you had that nickname before you joined the club, did you? Yeah, I've had. Um... Alfie since I was probably about eight years old, really. Um, and it's just a, a simple way, really, of how I got it. I was um, obviously at my junior club and we had initials on our jumpers. We got junior jumpers and there was obviously one AL. Um, and obviously, I'm an AL, there was two ALs. And then they just went, all right, we'll just give you ALF because of obviously Le Fondre. So, you know, and then I went to, I think it was Stockport. When I first signed at Stockport, I wore my jumper in and, you know, from then on out, I was known as Alfie. Um, and that was it, really. From from nine years old, I was I was always known as Alfie. Um, and, you know, I've took it everywhere with me. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of what I'm known as now more than anything, really. And, and it's good. I, I said before the call, it's good to uh, hear that you've still got your Stockport accent and, and you haven't got the, uh, the Yam Mulby effect where um, you've got sort of a little bit of Australian in there. It's fully still Stockport. So that's, uh, that's good to hear. And... Um, you, you joined Reading, obviously, in 2011 and you were top scorer in your first season as Reading won the championship, won promotion back to the Premier League. When you joined Reading, did you have a sense that it was going to be a good season? Um, I think it's hard to say. I think for me, my first aim was, you know, getting out of League Two. I, I've been in League Two for six, seven years and scored a lot of goals and not really been rewarded for that. And then, you know, obviously I kept working hard and um, my first, the, the call came for Reading and, you know, I'll, that was pretty much a done deal as soon as we answered the phone call to them. So I was I flew straight down the motorway and then, you know, getting into training, it was just like, I was sort of so eager to prove myself and to, to prove myself in my, my actual self that I was right and that I wanted to play higher and I deserved to play higher and, you know, I was good enough to play higher ultimately. And 
Um, I think for me, I, I wasn't really, you know, obviously you, you're in the team dynamic, but for me it was more about getting myself, you know, getting accepted by the changing room early on as well, you know. Um, I didn't want it to be seen as, you know, just a rubbish buy and, and have no impact. I wanted to make an impact. So I'd, I'd, like I say, I've been in League 2 making impacts for Rotherham, Rochdale and Stockport uh, and been scoring a lot of goals. So, you know, I wanted to translate that into the championship. And, you know, the first probably two or three months was a very big learning curve for me, just learning the like, training habits, how intense the games were, how physical the games were, um, just just everything. All facets of football completely, you know, changed in my eyes. And I seen, obviously, the squad I joined was a great family, you know, family-orientated squad with, um, you know, a magnificent skipper and Joby Mack and, and some really great characters in the dressing room as well. So they made it really easy for me to bed in and, and just let me focus on, you know, adjusting to the championship in that sort of sense and obviously when when we got to January and we were sort of we were a bit of a nowhere team really at that point um, and then we, we brought in Robbo and obviously the rest the rest is history you know Robbo was a man mounted in that division he was unplayable um, literally for, for six months I've never seen anything like it where someone dominate a whole back four at once and, you know, pretty much abuse them. And they're, they're, they're big established players as well. And Robo was having his way with them. And, you know, after we won like five or six in a row, it was like, there was a sort of air of invincibility and confidence about us that we would always get the late goal and we just tick games off. It just seemed like every game was, yeah, let's tick it off. You know, we're drawing. I come on or whatever and we create something, someone scores, we win the game late, there's another one ticked off, we go in front early um, and we tend not to throw away leads and concede goals. We had a great defence that year and fed to us unreal as well. So, you know, we, we it was one of them where you really saw the momentum building and the confidence building, you know, probably around February time, late February, we went on obviously a, a really great run of fixtures and, um, then we probably really thought to ourselves, you know, we've got half a chance here. There was obviously West Ham and Southampton in the division at the time who were, you know, heavy hitters. You know, they still are now, obviously, in the Premier League. And, you know, they were massive hitters and we were, you know, little old Reading, so to say, really, you know. And we were sort of just tugging along and, you know, like I say, ticking games off and just climbing and climbing. And, you know, by the end of it, we were, you know, the force to be reckoned with, really. And top scorer again the following season and the season after that, of course. Um, but the the Premier League season, unfortunately, you know, ended in relegation. But <clears throat> um, looking back, how do you feel about you know that season in the Premier League for the for the team and yourself? Obviously, you know, you've come up from League Two. You're playing in the Premier League. Um, that that must have been great for you in in itself. But how, how do you feel now, looking back on that season? It's it's a bit bittersweet, really. You know, I achieved what I dreamed of doing as a little boy, playing in the Premier League, and you know, I only had it for one season, um, which was was horrible. You know, we were, uh, you know, a band of brothers, really. The, the the squad that went up that season and played that season, we were, we had a great dressing room, and ultimately, it just wasn't enough really to to stay up and. You know, I think for all of us, it was a lot of our first and maybe only taste in the Premier League. And that was 
you know, for me, disappointing really because obviously I had an half decent season, but it wasn't good enough to help us stay up. You know, ultimately I would have, I would have loved to have scored one goal and stayed up that season, and you know, it would have been an amazing achievement to then have another crack at it the season after. But it just wasn't meant to be, and you know, I think the only way I can describe it is bittersweet. Um, you know, I've got some great memories from that season, but also some horrible memories from that season too. What was the difference, Adam, from from going up? Sorry, from from going up to the Championship to the Premier League as a striker and a, you know a, a potent goal scorer. What was the difference you found? I know you still scored a lot, but as a player, uh, I found it easier in the Prem than the Championship. Okay. I felt like I was given a little bit more time on the ball. Um, there was less physicality, um, and obviously the chances wasn't you know they weren't as premium as. Um, you didn't get them, sorry, as regularly as you did in the yeah. championship. Maybe in a championship, I'd get, you know, three cracks at goal in a game, whereas in the Prem, I'd get one and a half chances, you know, and I'd have to make do with that. Um, but for me, I felt I felt at home in the Premier League. I felt like it really suited me a lot better than the championship, really, and especially the way we were playing um, when I was on the pitch. We When we create chances, I knew I was going to score. And I, I felt, I've always said that, I said that as soon as I joined. Um, if you create me chances, I'll score goals. And, it's something sort of that I've sort of lived and died by through throughout my career. If you create any chances, then you know ultimately I will score goals, and that's how I felt. Uh, and Brian McDermott was was manager during your first season, and, and then for the majority of the second season when you're in the Premier League, and then Eamon Dolan came in as caretaker manager before Nigel Atkins took over. What were what were those three like to work with, Brian, Eamon, and Nigel? Yeah, obviously, you know, Brian was magnificent. Um, you know, he, he obviously bought me from, from Rotherham and, and took me to, to Redden and obviously I repaid the faith. But ultimately, he was the one who plunged on me um, as many teams probably looked at me and thought, oh, can he do it higher? Can he, you know, be the one to make the step up, etc." And, and Redding did that. Redding took that, that um, you know, that chance with me and ultimately Brian did as well. And, um, you know, I can't thank him enough for that because it gave me an opportunity to showcase myself and, you know, create great memories with Reading as well as a club. And, you know, he, he was great for me, Brian, and, you know, I really do thank him for, for giving me that opportunity. Eamon was only, you know, obviously a brief period. I think it was maybe the United game away in the league, it might have been, I think, when he was the manager. I'm not too sure how many took over for and he was very similar to Brian because he was around the club. You know, he was part of the fabric of the club and obviously rest in peace for him because, you know, obviously he's passed away. But he was, you know, an integral part of the club and I've seen him every day at training and obviously brought through probably about five or six of the squad at that time, you know, were his boys, so to speak. And, um, you know, he really did leave a, a footprint and a legacy on the club. Um, and for Nigel, um you know, I was really infused to work with Nigel because I, I know previous when I was younger, he tried to sign me when he was at Scunthorpe and I knew he thought highly of me. And um, when, when we had conversations, I, um, the way he wanted to play football and the way he seen me in his style of play, it really, you know, appetite was, you know, great for my appetite. That's one of the reasons why I really wanted to stay at Reading for the third season to bounce back up was, you know, I'm going to play here. I'm going to be, you know, one of the stars of the show. And I'm going to score a lot of goals, you know. Who doesn't want to score a lot of goals? That's what all I want to do is score goals. So, you know, um, it, I, I have fond memories of my time at Reading and had a really good time. And, and your um, 
a Man United fan and, and you scored against Man United, but what was your favourite game, would you say, during all your time at Reading? Uh, obviously, the Southampton one is the, the best game I've played in by uh, a million miles um, in, in the first season. Um, the, no, That's the best game I've played in my career, but just for, for overall importance, game, you know, me having an impact on the game, the fans, you know, the setting, the stage was just, yeah, I don't think that will ever be top ten. I had one at Bolton where, um, obviously, staying up on the last day of the season, which is completely the other end of the scope, and that that comes close, but it's not, you know, it's not in the realms of getting to the Premier League and and you know scoring two in a massive, massive, you know, top of the table clash, in which ultimately, you know, sort, sort of swung it our way really. And, um, like I say, that's made a big imprint on me, uh, me and my life. And even my dad, my dad still watches that game now on YouTube. He'll get the stuff and he'll and he'll watch that. And no word of a lie, I, I can go into the house and you know he'll be on his iPad on on um, on YouTube and he'll be watching uh, without a shadow of doubt, be Reading and Southampton. Or, or there'll be no no other game on. And you know my sister's sick of watching it. My brother, and mom, they're all sick of watching it. But my dad will always watch it. You know, that's the sort of imprint that it, it sort of left on us as a family as well. Uh, and what about favourite goal for Reading? <sighs> yeah, obviously, obviously the two in the Southampton game, you know, obviously for the importance of them two. Uh, I do like the one I scored against Watford um, in the third season, the left foot volley, just because I don't really score goals like that normally and, you know, obviously a left foot volley from outside the box. I think that obviously, you know, the the, the technical ability to do that. Um, uh, I know obviously everyone talks about the Chelsea goals, and but it was only a draw. I, I, to be fair, I think I'd probably say the pen I scored against Stoke on the first game of the season. I think, you know, to score on the first start in the Premier League after being, you know, 12 months earlier, I was playing League Two. Um, I'm trying to think who it was playing. I was playing someone for Rotherham, and you know, 12 fast forward 12 months on 90 minutes for over a pen to get us a point at home against Stoke. So, I'd probably say that. Um, my first goal in the Prem was probably you know one of my favorites as well. And just uh, Johnny, Johnny, I'll let you um jump in in a second, but um, yeah, sure. Adam, what do you what do you make of what's happened with the club since you left? Because your, your last season, um, I think Reading finished seventh. Yeah, we just missed that. Yeah, um, but obviously, last few seasons it's not gone too well. What are you still following the club, and, and what are your thoughts on what's happened? Yeah, I've sort of seen from afar. Obviously, they've they sort of struggled, haven't they? Really, obviously, Lucas had a great season last year, and hello, my eldest just popped her head in. Um, She's a, to be fair, she's a Reading girl. She she took the accent when we were down there, um, but lost it now. She's traded it for an Australian one. Um, yeah, obviously I've, I've watched from afar with with the club, and it's it's been sort of disheartening. Obviously after Yap's first season, where um, the boys were fantastic, and you know they lost the playoff final, um, sort of been false dawn after false dawn, and spent a lot of money and. It's sort of chasing their own tail, really. With it, it's it's quite heartbreaking to see, really. Is you know, Reading's such a good club, and you know, obviously the academy's amazing. The new training ground is is unbelievable. There's a there's a lot of teams like Reading 
in the championship now. We've got owners who've got money who, who want to spend to get into obviously you know the big time. And it's very hard to do that. It's um, an incredible achievement to get to the Premier League, even more so now because the the quality of the leagues have obviously it always improves every year. And you know you fast forward what ten years, nine ten years from when I was there, the the, the quality is only going to be you know even better than when I was there. So. Obviously, it's such a hard thing for for Reading to do, and even obviously watching now and you know hovering above relegation. Uh, as just when you were talking before, and you were talking about other teams, it's it's not you know it's not other teams you want to worry about. It's your own team. It's you know you don't worry about Reading doing their job first, and then you can you know hope the other teams have, have fell for you. I think you know Reading uh, they've got a great squad. If you look look at John Swift, who's probably one of the best players outside the Premier League. Um, and, you know, everything does probably run through him still because of, of how good he is. And, you know, I think a big thing is obviously keeping him fit and and, and obviously Lucas Shaw as well um, for, for how many goals he scores. You've, you've had two sort of, you know, pointy end of the pitch players that make a big difference, you know, because obviously goals win games. That's happened, like, the, with the team that, you know, one of the things that's happened the last few years, you know, our team sort of almost, it's like they give up and the mentality and, you know, you sort of lose games very easily. And that's the one thing under Brian that you, that season, the team spirit you had was amazing. It must have been a brilliant thing to be part of as a player because you just all seemed to play for each other. You never gave up. Yeah, I think that that was one of the, probably our strongest part of us as a, as a team was, you know, how we never say die on any of us. Like, we would always back each other's, you know, whatever. If someone did a 100-metre run left, then someone would cover in and cover around and et cetera. Like, everyone was sort of fighting for each other. And um, the dressing room is definitely the best dressing room I've ever been in as a player. Um, I've been in some really good dressing rooms as well and some great characters, but... Um, for what we achieved as a group um, was was phenomenal and great bunch of lads as well. Um, I can't, you know, there's not a bad word to say about any of them because we did, at that time we didn't really have a superstar or, you know, a big player. Obviously, when Bobo came in, he was probably the big player, but he was, you know, fantastic. He was like coming in, he was like royalty. He was a, he was a great guy to have around and you know, really took to the banter in the dressing room and, was a fantastic addition to us. He wasn't a, a prima donna big player coming in. He was roll up his sleeves big player, and that's just what we needed. Someone leading from the, you know, from the front who was who's been at the the Premier League for such a long time, and you know he's rolling up his sleeves and, and digging the trench with us. And you know that's what we were all about. We were all about digging it, in, digging in for the boys, and you know fighting till the last minute. And you know even if we did get beat, <laughs> we threw the kitchen sink at them. Yeah. To you know, to, to try and get a draw even or, you know, to try and turn the result from a draw to, to a win. And I think, um, you know, that's what we had uh, bucket loads of was effort and endeavour. Um, you know, that's why we were sort of never say die to him, I guess. So, Adam, um, after Reading, you, you went to Cardiff and then I think I'm right in saying you had a, you had a few loan spells and, and then you joined Bolton. And, and since, yeah. you, since you moved to Australia in 2018... I think I'm right in saying you've won three league titles there. Is that right? Uh, two, no, one league title and two GFs, two grand finals. Okay, okay. And then also, I, I saw that you uh, you were on loan at um, Mumbai City in the Indian Super League and, and you won a, another title with them. I mean, yeah. how, does, how does all that 
success um, in Australia and, and also in, in India, how does that compare with, you know, winning the title at Reading and playing in the Premier League? Yeah, of course, you know, when I moved out to Australia, I think, you know, my motivation was not monetary motivation. It was to get my love for the game back. Uh, I'd been, it felt like I'd been beaten down for a couple of years and sort of lost the, the love for the game, really. And um, it's, it's, it, it wasn't a dark place to be in, but it wasn't an enjoyable place to me and probably not for my family either. So, you know, it was sort of where I thought, you know what, let's just break away and try something new and, and you know, go win some trophies. You know, that sort of feeling of, uh, of winning silverware and competing for silverware consistently is it's unrivaled. And, you know, obviously in my career, I only ever won the championship, obviously, with, with Reading. And we came second with Bolton when we got promoted. But still, you know, winning silverware is what it's about. Um, so winning the championship was, you know, a, a fantastic honour. And then to go and um, go to Australia, win in my first season, then the, the grand final and, this next season we did the double and then I did the double in India and then, you know, we we narrowly missed out when I came back from India um, to doing the free P in the, in the GF for Sydney as well. So, um, you know, that's, this sort of thing is, is, is great for me. It really um, whets my appetite and help, probably helps me play longer um, and, and carry my career on because it gives me the, you know, the hunger and determination to, to go, you know, I want to win again. I want to win more, um, you know, it's, it, it, I think a lot of people have, have got a stigma with, you know, football outside of England and, and the top leagues. Of well, you know, if you're not doing it there, you're not you're not doing it pretty much. You know, like they, they sort of see that football in England is the be all and end all, and it's definitely not. And you know, it's proved in my case for me, it's really helped me extend, you know, my love for the game, and you know, in, in turn helping me, you know, win more silverware, which is fantastic, and getting to share these memories with my children now. We're, uh, a lot more grown up than when they were when obviously it was at Reading when I only had my first then I only had my, my youngest then who was uh, my eldest sorry actually my eldest then uh, who was three or four when we won the championship and in the in the third season when we were trying to get back up that's when my, my second daughter was born so um, they've not really seen me be successful you know team wise un, until Australia which is something which is amazing for me I can share with them and you're 35 now, so you know, are you going to do a, a Zlatan Ibrahimovic being a Man United fan? You're going to play on till you're 40, do you think? I don't know. I think it's it's sort of open with my body, really. Um, it's sort of how my body holds up. And like I say, if, I keep, if I'm still enjoying the game, which you know, the love for scoring goals never wanes. So I think for me, it's it's you sort of have to drag me off the pitch. Um, I, I love playing. Uh, I love being around football and, and the nuances of it. And um, uh, who knows how long it's going to last for? You know, I could I could play for another four or five seasons or, you know, cross my fingers that nothing obviously injury-wise happens to me and um, nothing too severe anyway. And, you know, I can continue as long as I can and, and, and still play at a good level. I've got Adam, two, uh, Johnny, sorry, I've got two final questions for you, Adam. Um, yeah. Who, who was your best mate at, at Reading when you were a player there? And also, who did you enjoy playing with the most? Uh, playing with the most was in 
strike partner or player who I enjoy playing with the most? Yeah, a player, well, both, if, if you like. Uh, I think probably my best friend there at the time was probably uh, Feds, Noel Hunt, um, Harty. You know, we had a, you know, it was close to them. Obviously, Jemba. Um, and then when, obviously, GMAC, when he came, it, uh, I was really close to him. We had such a good group in the dressing room that it was hard not to be friends with all of them and, you know, develop good bonds with all of them. You know, I think it was a, a time where, you know, obviously I was youngish and the, the majority of the dressing room was quite young. And, you know, the, the older heads in the dressing room were really good older heads and really good pros. So it was a, a, a really fun dressing room to be in and, and you know, a great set of people as well. And, what, I think, and what, about, what about the players that, that you played with that you enjoyed uh, playing wise? Obviously, I enjoyed playing up front with with Robbo um, and and obviously Noli as well. When I got to support up front with Noli, but I think probably most enjoyable was was Pav um, in the third season uh, when we played as a two in the back end of that season in, in sort of the the January sort of onwards when we or the end of January onwards when we started playing regularly as a two up front you know I think we had a, a lot of fun together and um, I really enjoyed playing with him and um, I think you know ultimately we could have formed a really good partnership if, if we played a lot more together and um, been able to do that but it, it just wasn't wasn't meant to be and I think other, someone else who enjoyed playing with was obviously McCleary you know obviously GMAT was instrumental in a lot of things I did I always had you know a really good relationship with wingers because you know I knew they were the ones who were going to pass me the ball <laughs> so um, and GMAT was great at that I could always get onto his miss hit crosses and his miss hit shots that he had and, and that sort of thing so we had a, a great uh, connection and sort of telepathy really when he knew where I was and I sort of knew where to, to make my run so he could find me and stuff Johnny have you got a final question for Adam? Yeah, I was like, you know, obviously being over in C now, there's quite a few Reading lads, and obviously Feds was there as well for a while. How do yeah. you find, like, when I was over there 2005 when the A League started, and uh, how, how, you know, it's developed a lot, how do you think it compares to the Championship standard wise and playing wise, especially as a striker? Yeah. Um, I think here, here the the games, they, they try to play out a lot more. Obviously, in England, it's developed a lot more now that you have to, if you want to be a successful team when you get promoted, you, you have to be comfortable with the ball. So, obviously, the championship has developed a lot more in that aspect. Um, and, obviously, that's what the A-League wants to do. The A-League wants to play good football. They want to play out from the back. They want to build up. They want to get through the thirds and, and obviously, create good goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, in, in the championship, it can become very much a, a battle, you know, it can become a battle very quickly in the championship, whereas Australia doesn't really have that sort of physicality. It just has the, where it turns into very much a transition game and, you know, you get a counter-attack on top of a counter-attack on top of a counter-attack and then it's a goal. Like, it's just, it's, um, it's sort of like a bit like a basketball game in, in that instance when, when it gets to like 60 minutes, um, the structure sort of wanes a little bit and, you know, if you're not on your game and, and not playing to the right structure, you can get picked up really easy on a counter-attack. And, and that's one of the, the big things here. I think level-wise, obviously, the it, it depends. Teams really, you know, it got 
sort of goes through the league and on sort of the best teams to the worst. And um, I think it's probably here is probably low end champ to top of League One, roughly, and sort of mid League One, I'd say that, that sort of range of, of how the teams would go. Um, but obviously, the style of plays, I don't know if the style of play we play here would work well in the championship because, um, like I said, physicality isn't quite the same and um, the demands in the championship are second to none, really, in in world football. So um, it just depends on on that sort of matchup. The the technical ability is here to do that, but I'm not sure if you could match up with the physicality as well. Well, Adam, look, it's been fantastic to have you on as a guest. Really appreciate you coming on. So thank you for that. And um, that's all we got time for this week. So thank you so much to Adam. Kevin Bremner is our special guest on, on Tuesday. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 1871podcast. So thank you. Take care and good night. And come on, you ours. <laughs> See you. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Adam. Really appreciate it, mate. You're very kind. Yeah, that was great. Really, really enjoyed that, Adam. And uh, you'd be very welcome back on uh, again at some point if you'd like to. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks Adam. clears up over there for you. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, okay. Good luck for the rest of the season. Into, we're going into winter now, so it's not going to be great. Yeah. All right. No worries, guys. Thank you. Thanks Take care, mate. See ya. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.